Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with... David Barker. And we are thinking, Dave, about uh, Advent Sunday and the liturgical calendar in general. This is, uh, at the time of this recording, Advent Sunday is next Sunday. Right. And uh, every year we face it, uh, how are we going to handle this? And in the larger question is, what, what do we do with the liturgical calendar? Because apparently there's more things on the calendar than Advent Sunday. So um, for pastors who are listening, you know, are, is the liturgical calendar a friend to our, our movement? Uh, is it a, a useful teaching tool? Is it a dangerous association with groups that we're not comfortable with? So uh, let's let's have that conversation and see where it goes. Okay. Um, I find it interesting. I find it fascinating that um, we're c- pretty committed to the hallmark uh, uh, <laughs> celebrations: Mother's Day, Father's Day. You know, I don't know whether you celebrate Labor Day here. I'm happy to preach a sermon on labor and and that kind of thing. Thanksgiving certainly we need to celebrate and be thankful for God's good gifts in our lives. But I find it fascinating that um, if you don't preach on Mother's Day on Mother's and Mother's Day, even Father's Day on Father's Day, you hear about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, if you don't preach on the birth of the church on Pentecost Sunday, you probably never hear a word. Right. Um, And so I think that there's value in, in catching the Hallmark holidays as they go by, but the church has been rooted in a story, and it's the story of Jesus. And I think there's some tremendous value to walk through, if starting with Christmas and the four Sundays of Advent and, and what all that involves, and then moving into kind of his ministry time, um, I don't think that you're locked into it, but certainly not missing Good Friday and Easter, and, and then pr- pr- proceeding all the way through to the end of the year. Right, so we know that there, there is a, a calendar that isn't necessarily liturgical, but like Mother's Day, Father's Day, um, Groundhog Day, I mean, there's all kinds of days that are a Labor Day, all kinds of days that may or may not be useful to the church, but when we're talking about the liturgical calendar, we're talking about something fairly ancient. Yes. And there is a renewed interest in that, uh, not only in the actual service, how we conduct our service, and we chatted about that, but by making a big deal of the calendar and with terminology that we're not familiar with uh, as evangelicals, like Ascension Sunday or... I forget some of the others, but Pentecost even even Sunday Advent first, yeah. is what does that mean? What's it's Latin or so? <laughs> how how useful would it be in, at this moment in time for evangelicals to uh, reengage the liturgical calendar as it is known in uh, mainline denominations and around the world? Yeah, well, I think that's I, I you there is. There is that danger of connecting with churches that we would consider to be maybe outside the boundaries of, of evangelicalism. But it's kind of a baby in a bathwater thing. Why, why throw out the baby mm-hmm. with the bathwater? If, if there is something valuable there, why can we not participate in it and even perhaps redeem it? Um, and 
again, there's, there's a phenomenal way to ensure that we, we get the gospel rooted in Jesus of Nazareth to the people following this calendar and, and making sure that we get through birth and life, uh, death and resurrection into the church. And so is, the, that, is that the essence of the calendar? And I don't know it as well as I should, but is it actually a recapitulation of the life of Jesus? Seems like it is, but I'm not, I'm not sure of all the dates. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's basically how it works. It starts with the birth. Uh, the, the calendar normally starts with Advent and Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they usually talk about in the early, like January, February, that kind of thing, to talk about um, his life and ministry. Um, Epiphany, they often call it Epiphany, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, the manifestation. Then you get into Ash Wednesday and Lent, which builds up to Good Friday and uh, into Easter Sunday. Um, then Ascension Sunday, Pentecost, the beginning of the church. The summer months are usually uh, not very heavily prescribed. And then the last Sunday of the calendar is Christ the King Sunday, where you end the year with this celebration of Christ's rule in the world. And so there is a progression from birth to... So Christ the King, is that, that's before Palm Sunday? Christ the King Sunday is the Sunday before Advent. That's Palm Sunday, isn't it? Wait a minute. Okay, I'm, I've, what I've got, I'm dealing with my preaching schedule through Matthew. We're <laughs> right now in Matthew. We just did Palm Sunday. Right. And it just, it's getting me a little bit mixed up. So you got Palm Sunday, Good Friday, yes. Easter... All right, Ascension, All right. Pentecost, throughout the summer, and then now, actually last Sunday, was Christ the King Sunday, and this coming Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. Right. And we're starting the, kind of starting the year over again, mm-hmm. starting this coming Sunday. Yes. Now, are there, like, Michael Haken put something on Facebook about Trinity Sunday. Yeah. Is that a thing? Like, is that... That's a theological um, proposition. Are are there more of those? I don't know. Like it's how many how many days are we are we looking at all told? Yeah, I have yeah. to talk to him. But so we've got then in the liturgical calendar a story that is repeated every year that roots us in in the the, the gospel, the story of Jesus. Do you like? Do you think what was the um, and maybe maybe you don't know, but I know that there are catechisms that were used in in the church to teach, right? You memorize these things, and to put something on your calendar, so that this is a day when you think about something. Right. Uh, it it seems to me that the purpose in doing that was to catechize people so that they really learn in in ways they might not in the, in a church service. Absolutely, and I. I I think that's a crucial part. I mean, number one, who misses the birthday, mm-hmm. right? And yet, Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church, is rarely talked about in the, in, in the evangelical church. Mm-hmm. But what a wonderful moment to, to know that every year you're going to hit that Sunday where you're going to actually focus on the nature of the church. And there's all kinds of directions you can go on that. You can go to Acts 2 and the birthday of the church, but you can go to a, a number of other 
places in the New Testament that talks about the nature of the church and what it's about. What a wonderful opportunity. And it just comes up regularly. And it's a tremendous opportunity to, to uh, teach. Um, and then you pick up, you know, Palm Sunday. You pick up uh, the one that, that I think gets mostly missed is the Christ the King Sunday. Mm-hmm. I've talked about it a couple times already. Mm-hmm. But what a wonderful way to enter into the Christmas and Advent season having just celebrated Christ is King and he rules. And there's a, there's a day coming when he's going to return and there's going to be uh, a resurrection. There's going to be a return. There's going to be uh, a new heavens and a new earth. As, as we end the year and then we jump into, all right, now we're moving towards the Christmas and the birth of Christ and all that kind of stuff. These are tremendous moments of teaching the church. And it forces us as pastors to be sure that we get those elements of the gospel into our regular preaching schedule. Well, I do like to think that I can work. I've been in Matthew for two and a half years right now, and that there's a temptation just focus on that. Now I've got seven or eight more Sundays that, that interrupt my schedule, and I've got to have a conviction that these are worthwhile, and uh, it, it works. So, uh, well, but, yeah, I, I, And, and I, I mentioned this to you early before we went on, but I, I remember going to a church, and I have no idea why I was in this church, why I wasn't preaching or whatever. It, my wife and I were guests at this church, or were visiting, mm-hmm. And the preacher was in his series, and he didn't preach on Easter. Yeah. He never mentioned the resurrection. He said, I've got my series. And so he just kept on going. And I, I just felt betrayed. I mm-hmm. felt disappointed. I came to church on that Sunday to hear the resurrection again and again and again. Right? And it's just something that needs to be constantly embedded in our psyche and worldview. Well, that must have been a hard day for you, Dave. You're all excited about Easter, and uh, that happens. I'm sure it was a good message, but it wasn't what you were expecting. And I think all over the world, on Christmas, uh, on Easter Sunday, uh, Christians rejoice in that. It galvanizes us. Um, another question I have about the calendar. Um, why do you think there, there is a renewed interest in liturgy and the liturgical calendar among evangelicals today? Yeah, it is interesting, and I think it's the younger generation that is mostly interested. Yeah. Um, I re- I remember bringing in the Advent candle in church that I was interim for a while, and one of our more senior leaders, uh, church members, uh, he went he went ballistic. He just get that out of here. This is yeah. paganism. This right. is not right. And we actually did remove that the the cal- the, the candles. Mm-hmm. But I did go to him afterwards and say, listen, it's, it's not because we believe what you believe. We're trying to treat you uh, with fairness, almost as a weaker brother, and, mm-hmm. um, but we're trying to treat you uh, carefully and thoughtfully. Um, but I do think the younger generation is looking for something that's rooted a bit more in the historical life of the church, um, kind of having the sense that as they celebrate... As, as we gather in our church to celebrate whatever we're celebrating on these special days, that mm-hmm. they know around the world yeah. Easter is being celebrated, uh, you know, Pentecost is being celebrated. When we gather on Good Friday, right, we know that around the world, across our country, mm-hmm. people have gathered to celebrate that 
pivotal event in the life of our faith. Right. It's not only at, at this moment in time, but we're, we're able to think, you know, we've been doing this. Christians have been, have been gathering at the Lord's table, celebrating these days for centuries. It's exactly. ancient. Right? We are not a, a new thing. We've got roots in the past. And I think there's something uh, alluring about entering into a stream like that uh, where you can honestly say, this connects me right back to the early days when Christians gathered in catacombs, or this is how they learned and this was important to them. I, I don't think we're becoming um, mainline in a, in a bad sense. I, I think we are affirming that the church has been around for a long time. Christians have been doing things for all these years. And I think that's what appeals to a lot of millennials today. And I think there's that, and I think it also appeals in that while we have our distinctive as Baptists, mm-hmm. and and it, it's a, it's a fairly, fairly narrow distinctive, I think a lot of our, our younger generation, my kids in particular, as I think about them, um, they want to know that they're connecting with maybe a broader group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're, they're interested in stepping out of the world of evangelicalism or faithful right. orthodoxy, but to know that not just Baptists, but a broad sweep of evangelical mm-hmm. churches and pastors that love the Lord and believe the Scriptures are engaging in this kind of thing, and they're connecting with them. So I guess there's both breadth and depth yeah. that we're talking about. In, connect, in this kind of connection. Come a long way. I remember one of our good pastors, he's with the Lord right now. I think I'll mention his name, Doug Harris, whom you may know in Vancouver. But when story was told, I was because I, I pastored a, a church that he founded, the story is told that when they bought a building or something, it had a cross. I think it was a, it was a Catholic church or something, but it had a cross. He climbed up on a ladder, cut the cross off because he didn't want to identify uh, with that. And uh, when I think now, uh, in, in one of my recent churches, uh, we were renovating, we took the cr- a cross down, and man, people want that back up. Exactly. So there are some strong feelings about this, but uh, we're certainly not where we were 30, 40 years ago when it comes to identifying with the historic uh, Orthodox teaching of, of the church. So anyway, Dave, uh, we are now out of time, and uh, I want to thank you for joining in the conversation. Stan, by the way, uh, had a really good week. He's Mm -hmm. eating food now. I don't know when he'll be back, but I'm grateful that you're able to help uh, think about things together on this podcast. So until then, I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Dave Barker. We'll see you later. Thanks for thinking about it. (laughs) 